there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before. And it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. I received an email from someone who lives further away from other people in the group. We have people in the group who come from some from other states and some from different parts of this state to be in the group meetings. Some once a month, some every week they travel and come here. During the week, I will often communicate with them via email or telephone, whatever. And I got a, an email from one of the people here in the state, but further away. I'm going to have him read his email because he's here today. But I, I thought we needed kind of a tee up so that you would know what was going on. In one email that he sent me, he asked if there was anything that, that I thought he should be working on. And I suggested that he work on his pride and vanity. We talked about that a little bit. And then I also suggested, as we were talking about that one day, that he also consider working on his anger. I'll let him read his email in that way. You'll know I won't have to say it. You'll hear it from the horse's mouth, as it were. And off we go. I had a dream about a young man, one of my son's best friends, who I've known since he was a wee lad and whom I'm very fond of. He's like a son to me who, in the dream, got drunk and threw up all over my new carpet. I was so furious with him that I woke up literally sick to my stomach and have been awake since 1.30 a.m. trying to understand this. James, I tell you truthfully that I rarely, if ever, have experiences of this nature in my waking sleep. When I got the news about not being able to register my bike, I felt only a slight twinge of disappointment and went away with a genuine smile on my face. Yet the lingering feelings of disappointment were like a cloud over my countenance for a time, but not anger or rage or anything close to that. Yet I wonder what this dream is trying to reveal to me about anger and about parts of myself that I may still be unwilling to admit or face. Does this mean that I am still sitting on a volcano and that some event, even after all these years of working on myself, could cause me to blow a major gasket? God forbid. On the other hand, Christ had righteous anger when dealing with the money changers in the temple. I did a little self-inquiry trying to under uncover what I'm really angry about, and I came up with that I'm angry about the state of the world and what people do that cause so much trouble. I began to get a sense of what I think, please correct me if I'm wrong, you might have been referring to about wanting to escape as quickly as possible. I realized how tired I am of the struggle of trying to be good. You ask, what am I learning about pride and vanity? Well, I realize I don't know about it as it relates to myself, but I also see that it, more than the love of money, is the root of all evil in the world. We have to tell our truth that is not true. He says, please correct me if I'm wrong. You are. Now, the question is, how much do you really want to change? How much do you think there's a possibility that you may actually be wrong? How possible do you think it is that you're wrong? Real possible. Okay. You gotta be, or else you wouldn't be asking me to correct you. And that's pretty desperate. <laughs> think about it. It's like we're 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 so we get so we get to this point, we start to observe ourselves, we start to see things, 
And we get so shaky that we think, you know, I don't trust the person who got me here to get me out of here. So, do you know somebody else? <laughs> That's really what you're asking me. Well, like, well, do you know the way out of here? Well, I got to tell you right now, no, I do not. But I think that I know the way out. Or I think I know somebody who can show us the way out. Now, a lot of people think that's Gurdjieff. And I say, well, you know, Gurdjieff's dead. And what I see that's left of Gurdjieff is a bunch of Gurdjieff worshippers who go around saying Gurdjieff words, doing little Gurdjieff dances and Gurdjieff movements and Gurdjieff exercises in circles because they're not out. But he is. Well, then out is just death and then we'll all get out. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's the out we're talking about. That's not the out that you're here about because you don't have to do anything to get out that way. So we're talking about some other kind of out. So let's talk about the dream. The dream is your selves, your, your higher self, your, your higher center's way of getting through your ego, which is a huge barrier and roadblock that protects you from the truth. The truth is out to get you, and we are out to not be gotten. The game is afoot. That's the game. We don't know really who's going to win. We know we have all these cliches and sayings. Well, the light always wins. The truth will win. The right will win. The good will win. But you look at the world and it hasn't. And if you say it has, you're lying to yourself because you can't stand to look at the truth. And the truth is that people on this planet kill, maim, harm, rob, rape, every, every heinous thing that you can think of to each other on a regular basis. And they have been doing it for as long as we have recorded history. And before that, we have the oral tradition that has passed down that they were doing that. And we are doing that, you and I. We can't live with that, so we lie about it. We imagine it's some other way, or it could be some other way. And you come to me and you said, what started this whole thing, Jeff, was you came to me and you said, well, what, 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 what should I be working on? Man, that's, that's, a, that's a bad question to ask me, because I will tell you, and I did, I told you. You need to be looking at pride and vanity. Because somebody who can come to me and say, what should I be working on, thinks that they don't need anything to work on. And anybody on this planet who thinks they don't need anything to work on is either in totally in imagination or in imagination, pride, and vanity. How do I know that? Because well, that's where I live. I know my own neighborhood when I see it. I know my way home. I know this street. I know that tree. I know that fire hydrant. I know that car. I know that neighbor. I know, the, I know my way around here. Pride, vanity, imagination, I've lived here my whole life. Well, then why should you tell me anything about the neighborhood we both share? I don't know. Why should you ask me? I mean, if you don't think that I know, why should you ask me? If you're not more lost than I am, why are you asking for directions? So it's like you stop. So you got a PhD, right? And you stop at the gas station in a strange neighborhood and you ask some guy who can't read or write, who can pump gas and make change only because the cash register tells him how much to give back. And you ask him for directions. Why? Because he knows the neighborhood. Why? Well, because he doesn't have a PhD and he hasn't had any time to get all hoity-toity about it. It's just like, yeah, well, this is this street and this is this street and this is where they collect the trash and this is where they dump this and this is where the bad part of town is, this is the good part of town. That's where the rich people live. That's where the poor folks live. That's where I live. Well, he's just going to tell the truth about it? Well, no wonder he's working in a gas station. Because in this world, people who tell the truth don't get paid a lot. But people who entertain us and keep the illusion going and keep the dream going and make us feel good, we will give them anything. We worship them.
We will pack stadiums and scream our lungs out. We will take our hard-owned dollars and lay them down at the counter to go and watch celluloid and light being moved, you know, celluloid being passed before light and that projection up on a screen, and we will sit there and just lose ourselves in what we would like to be, that we pretend that they are. And they go back to their miserable stinking families and their miserable lives and their miserable drugs and their miserable homes and their miserable jail times and their miserable alcohol rehab centers and their miserable drug centers. And they take all the money that we gave them so that they would do that for us so that we could feel good and not have to face our neighborhood. And they go spend it on all this stuff that makes them even more miserable. Wow. Is that the way it is? Okay. So now we're talking about it. And now how many people are listening? Well, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have to listen to that. No, you're right. You don't have to listen to that. You're right. You could turn me off. Isn't that wonderful? You could turn me off. And that's the greatest thing in the world about the truth. We can turn it off. We don't have to look at it. We don't have to face it. At least right, not right now. Not as long as we can get somebody else to help us to look the other way, to agree with us. It's not that way. This guy's just a crackpot and he's, he's dissatisfied with life and he's, he's a malcontent and he's just having a bad day and blah, blah, blah. He can't be telling the truth. That can't be the truth. Because if that's the truth, oh no, we're screwed. And then we realize, then some people, some people like you, you get to the point, it's like, oh my God, that may be the truth. I think that's the truth. Oh my God, I'm screwed. Do you know a way out of this? I think I might. I think I do. I think I can verify it. I think I can actually prove that there's a way out. And you are my proof. You are my evidence. You are what I hold up to the world and say, these people are different. How different? Not a lot, but they're different. They're different from when they came here. And they think it's because they have done these things that we're doing. They have allowed these ideas to beat down the walls to beat down the armor of our personality, of our falsity, of our imagination, of our pride, of our vanity. They allow these ideas to sometimes beat them down and sometimes take them apart, and sometimes dissolve them, sometimes misplace them. It's like, well, where did that go? <laughs> well, I was looking for, my, I was looking for my, 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 my chest piece and it's not here. I, uh, what am I going to do? And it's like, but, but it doesn't matter how we get rid of it. It just matters that it, as it goes, the soft white underbelly of who we are begins to become visible. And it also hurts. It also becomes apparent that we need armor. We need protection from the world. But mostly we need protection from ourselves. And somehow trying to find the balance is our task. Trying to do this in a measured, sensible, workable way without going crazy. Because truth puts you on the brink of insanity. And you have to walk the razor's edge if you want to get out. This is just the way I see it. Now, there are other people who say, no, you don't. You can play it safe. And I say, great, I don't, have the, I don't have enough time to play it safe. I can take a little more risk because I have a little less time. Whereas other people will say, well, you should be, because you don't have as much time, you should take less risk. And I think, well, whatever. This is the way I'm playing it. This is my hand, this is the way I'm playing it. You're at the same table. You want to play, play your hand however you want to play it. And, and then you're doing that. But we've got to play by pretty much the same kinds of rules. You know, you put three cards down, you can only take three cards. You're not getting 12. 
You know, I know you want 12 because you want to make your hand work so you can beat it, beat everybody else. But that's not the way we play. We, we play by rules. And so these are our rules. You know, These are the rules that we have accepted and that we have agreed upon. And the people who don't play by the rules, they're out of the game. So if they throw down their cards and they throw their chips all over and they turn the table over and they go out screaming, you're a cheater, you're a cheater, you're, you stole my money, you stole this, you took that away from me, whatever. It's your hand. Play it any way you want. That's the way you want to play it? Then play it that way. So if the way you want to play your hand is, you dealt me a bad hand, it's all your fault, you're cheating, then that's your life. You're going to go find another card game, and guess what? There's going to be another cheating dealer, another cheating player, and they're going to do it to you again. And you're going to throw a fit and do the same thing you did in this card game, you're going to go find another card game. And you're going to do that until you die. Or you're going to say, these are my cards, this is what I've been dealt, I'm going to take my chances in the game, I'm going to do the best I can, I'm going to try and learn the game, while I got some chips, while I'm learning, I won't get extravagant, put it all in the pot, I'll just try and walk the razor's edge. Maybe I'll be able to learn enough about this game to be able to get out on the other side with something of value. And the something of value that we are looking for is our true self. I don't care about more chips. I don't care about more money. I don't care about motorcycles and cars and houses and food. I don't care about that stuff because I have all of it that I need. When I don't have that stuff, I care about it and my energy goes to that and not to this. But because of you and your willingness to share with me, I don't have to care about that. That leaves me free to care about this. That leaves me free to get in the hot air balloon and take a ride. Off I go. And I see all the things that I see, and I come back and I tell you about it. And I encourage you to take the same hot air balloon ride. But you go, well, no, I'm afraid of heights. Well, no, i got to work. Well, I, I would, but I just bought this house, and I've got to go see it. Well, well, I just bought this uh, car, and i got to go have it registered. Well, I just bought this motorcycle, and I need to take it for a ride. Okay, maybe some other time you'll come in the hot air balloon with me and see for yourself. It's like I'm patient, and you're paying, so I can still... You know, I can still pay my bills and I can still rent the hot air balloon. I can still go do that. So it's like, okay, well, we can do that then. But I really want to encourage you to take the ride with me. Okay, well, I'm not quite ready yet. Okay, well, hang around. Look at the balloon, man. It's colorful. It's big. You know, look at this. You turn this lever and the heat goes up. You know, the fire goes up. And the it gets hot air in there and it blows it up. And it's cool. You know, you take this thing out of the basket and you put it down there and it starts to rise a little bit. And then you put this back in there and it starts to lower a little bit. So, you, you know, you can actually get it to rise and lower. Oh, wow, this guy sounds like he's talking about consciousness. Well, no, I'm talking about hot air balloons. But, you know, whatever. So the reason Jeff is even looking at pride and vanity is because he, had, he was foolish enough to ask me, well, what could I be working on? Well, you could be working on pride and vanity. I mean, I could say that to anybody. You know, it's like, this is, let's see, this is standard answer 101. Here you go. I just pull it off the prescription pad, hand it to you. I've had, I had millions of these printed out. It's just that I got a big surplus of them because nobody asks. What could I be working on? Here you go. Oh, pride and vanity. Well, I don't have any of that. They throw it away. Or they turn it over and write something else on it. Like, well, I got to go to the, got to go see this guy about a car. And I got to go ride this motorcycle. And I got to go buy this house. And I got to go do this. And I got to get to work. Okay. 
I know, I know. <laughs> this guy, it's time to move on to some other card game because this guy's only got one card. <laughs> you know, this guy is just the worst dealer I've ever seen. He just got one card. He keeps going to give me the same card. You know, we're great. So I get imagination, pride, and vanity. I, wasn't I supposed to have five cards? Do you really want two more? <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Do you really want me to give you two more cards? You got pride, you got vanity, you got imagination. You want two more cards? Fine. You are not one, and you are not awake. Now you got five cards. That's your hand. Do you want to learn how to play that hand? Do you want to learn how to play that hand and win? And winning only means this. It only means you advance a little bit. That's all it means. It means you slowly, so slowly, so incrementally change that you yourself can't even see it. Mm -hmm. You have to depend on someone else to tell you. You know, I think, I think you're different in that way. And you go, oh, God, thank you so much for saying that. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Or, or the other way. Oh, thank you for noticing. I've really been working on that. Aren't I but, but, but then you're right back to the hand again of pride and vanity and imagination. Prescription to work on that. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, you wouldn't be dealing with this if I hadn't brought it up. And I wouldn't have brought it up if you hadn't brought it up. Because I'm not here to make your life miserable but now your life is miserable i've made your life miserable now you're having bad dreams <laughs> yeah yeah you got me in your life now you have bad dreams so you come here and you have to listen to this and then you go home and you go to sleep where you can just be at peace and not have to deal with any of this garbage and you have dreams now and they wake you up and at 3:30 in the morning you write me emails going what's going on why am i having bad dreams i'm not angry I'm not angry! If you tell me that I'm angry one more time, I'm going to kill you! I'm not angry! Okay, 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 I got it. You're not angry. Chill, baby, chill. Put the, put the, put the, 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 yeah, put the knife down. Put the gun down. Put the bat, baseball bat down. It's okay. You're not angry. You're right. You know, I'm a friendly guy. You know, you're not angry. Those are not your cards. Just put the cards down and back away from the table. You know what I'm saying? People, people do that. People put the cards down and they back away from the table. They're rare. Most people throw the cards in your face, kick the table over, scream and yell, and stomp out. You know, 40 years, man. Do you have any idea how many card tantrums I've seen? Do you have any idea how many poker chips I've had thrown in my face? I mean, I got to tell you, it gets old. See, some people think that these are wrinkles. No, these are creases from the poker chips hitting my face, <laughs> like flying saucers. You know, whap, whap. <laughs> I know, it's, it's kind of funny. But you know, it's like I keep doing it. I keep getting up in the morning. I keep coming here. I keep doing it. I keep answering the phone. I keep answering the door. I keep answering the emails. I keep putting out the podcast. I keep doing this because I don't see another way. I, I don't see people growing I wasn't growing, doing something else. Or it was so, it was, the growth was so infinitesimal that it was not worth it. You know, it's like, okay, great. So, so now I have this machine and I can put in four million gallons of gas and go one foot. And do, you, do you have anything with a little bit better gas mileage? You know, I got to that point. You know, have anything with a little bit better gas mileage, like where I can put in four million gallons of gas and go like two feet? Because that's like double. 
That's like twice as far. And it's still only 4 million gallons of gas. And let's see it, $3.57 a gallon. That's, oh, well, that's a lot. How about something really good on gas mileage? Something that really works. And so after 40 years, what I end up with is, is not the fourth way. And it's not Christianity. And it's not Esk. And it's not whatever. You know, it's not Buddhism. And it's not any of those things. It is a machine that has taken parts from all of those things, the best parts, the most fuel-efficient parts, and, built, and, and take all these parts and build this machine that gets better mileage. Well, okay, it may not look as good. It may not hold as many people. I've noticed that's another thing. The cars that I build that get good gas mileage don't hold a lot of people. Look around you. But I see other guys. They're building cars, and man, people you can't wait to get. They're like buses. They're like people movers. There are thousands of people in there. Well, where are they going? It doesn't matter. They're having a party. Well, that's good. But I'm not here to party. I'm here to move. I'm here to get something. I'm here to grow. I'm here to expand my consciousness, raise my level of being, get myself under better influences, because this world, as it is, and I, as I am, suck. And I don't want to be a part of sucking anymore, because I've found a way to make progress. If you want to make progress, I'm happy to share it with you. Happy, thrilled to share it with you. I love company, but I love good company better. I don't want just any old body. I want people willing. Because, you know, with this thing, yeah, you do put in gas, but it's a hybrid. you got to pedal, too. <laughs> I want people who are willing to pedal. Now, I understand that you can't pedal all the time, but that's okay. You take a rest, the rest of us will pedal for a while. But then when it comes time for you to pedal, you need to pedal so the rest of us can take a rest. Because that's how it works in a group. You say, I love this. Yet, I wonder what this dream is trying to reveal to me about anger and about parts of myself that I may still be unwilling to admit or face. Does this mean that I'm still sitting on a volcano and that some event, even after all these years of working on myself, could cause me to blow a major gasket? God forbid! Oh no, God doesn't only not forbid that, he encourages it. God is not on your side on this one. God is not for hiding, covering, putting things in the darkness. God is all about light, bringing it out into the open. All of your ugliness, all of your anger, all of your nakedness, all of your filth, all of your foulness. He's about stripping you down and washing you clean and giving you fresh garments. Clean, fresh garments. That's what he's about. But we're about hiding. We're about pretending. We're about lying. We're about shame. We're about it can't be done. We're about it's impossible. We're about I can't wash myself. I can't clean myself. I can't do it. That's what we're about. And we're right. We can't. But the light can heal, cure, and cleanse us. But we must be brave. We must be courageous. We must be faithful. I mean, we must stand firm even when the scrubbing starts. We must submit ourselves to our cleanser, as it were. So yeah, God won't forbid that. Let me just tell you that about your email. Christ had righteous anger. Yeah, and you're not Christ. As a matter of fact, you are about as far from Christ. It's like, it's like you're like beta Christ. You're Christ beta. You know, it's like you're not Christ. You're, you're not Christ ready for prime time. You're like 
Christ in training. You know, so don't get with his righteous anger because we don't know what that's about at all. I'll promise you anything that we are justifying, any of our anger that we're justifying by saying, well, Christ had righteous anger. Let me tell you right now, don't go there. Don't go there and expect me to say, oh, yeah, because I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I don't do it with me. I will not let me go there because I know where that leads. You may as well jump out of the frying pan into the fire. Woohoo! We're cooking now. I say, no, don't do that. Don't go there. I'm not talking just to Jeff, you know. Okay. <laughs> that was funny. Well, then it's not as funny. That's right. Well, if I'm not talking just to Jeff, then it's not as funny, is it? So he did a little self-inquiry. And what he has to say is how tired I am of the struggle of trying to be good and living in this world. Expletives will be deleted in my version and in the podcast version because I figure like this. I figure I am pressing people. I am stretching them to the limit, just expecting them to listen to any of this madness. But throw in a couple of expletives. And they, they're over the edge, like, boing, that snapped it, you know, the bowstring snapped, they're gone, boing, that's it, that's the end of it. So I, I leave them out. You know, I don't, I don't need, I, I can communicate, I'm, I'm an intelligent being, I can communicate without them. Now, sometimes it's true, nothing quite says it, like an expletive, nothing quite brings that conscious shock. But that's with people who I can be face to face with. That's not with people who I don't even know, who, who I have no idea who, who is listening there is a certain responsibility to this. You, know, you don't just go shooting arrows into the air in a populated area. You know, it's like, well, it came down and hit that guy and killed him. Well, it's not my fault. You know, I'm not gravity. And do I look like a bow or an arrow? I, mean, I didn't do it. It's not my fault. Well, there is some responsibility involved in it, and I take the responsibility. And, and how I take the responsibility is that way. And so, essentially, what he comes to, what you come to, is exasperated people in the world and, and what people do to they cause so much trouble. And the thing is, the thing is, and this is the thing that we don't like, is, dude, you are those people. That's not them. That's you. And your pride and your vanity and your imagination keeps you from seeing. It's you. It's not them. Now, that doesn't mean that they aren't doing it too. But you can't do anything about them. Your job is you. Your job isn't them. Now, if you want people in this world to stop doing things that cause so much trouble, you stop doing things that cause so much trouble. But that doesn't change anything. Yes, it does. It changes you. And when you change, everything changes. Yeah, but it doesn't get better. You don't know that. It doesn't get better as your argument to keep from working. It's pointless as your argument from, to keep from applying yourself. I know. I use the same argument. All the time. What's the, what's the use? Nothing's going to change. But it has changed. And it is changing. What is it? My response to myself. Oh, great. So you know you're a jerk now. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm a jerk. I know that I'm a broken machine. Yeah, that's right. That's the change. I can unflinchingly stand here before you and say, yes, I am a broken machine. And I don't have to move. I don't have to pretend that I'm not a broken machine because I can spout these words, spout these principles. 
because I've read the commentaries or because I've read Beelzebub's Tales to His Grandson or because I've read the Bible 25 times in two different languages. It doesn't matter. See, what matters is that I can look at what I am and sometimes go, wow, that's a mess. And not go, oh, God, this is horrible. <laughs> Somebody shoot me and get it over with. It's never going to work. Which, which is sometimes I do that. That's the way it is. I wish I could tell you it's different, but it's not. That's the way it is. For me, anyway. I look around and I see everybody else doing this work, doing this work, facing the same horrible stuff. And I see the people not doing this work, not facing the same horrible stuff. Anybody in the right mind can see, well, great, then not doing this work is better than doing this work. Yes. Yes, absolutely. If what you want is not to face horrible stuff, don't do this work. If what you want is to develop and grow, face the horrible stuff. Oh, don't tell me that. No. Uh, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, it's like, sorry, dudes. That's the truth. That's the truth as I see it. That's the truth as I experience it. And that is the truth as I hear it, read it, get it from every major esoteric source that has ever touched our dirtball planet. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot better to have some other way. But I don't see some other way. It is the way it is, and it's not some other way. So, you got a lot of work to do, pal, and I'll help. That's, that's, that's what I can offer you. I will, I will help. I will, I will give you whatever I can give you to help you make the progress that you desire to make. I will serve you in whatever way I'm able to serve you. I will put up with your pride and your vanity and your imagination and your buffers and your unpleasant manifestations and your anger and your righteous indignation and your blaming. Yes, I will put up with all that. And I'll put up with my own while I'm at it because that will help me to put up with yours. But I can see that I do the same thing. Well, you know, maybe he's not so bad. It's kind of just like me. So that's my answer. The linchpin of this work is the practical application of the ideas shared in the podcasts. If you'll go to solidrockvista.com, to the thoughts page, I've written a number of articles that will help you to practice the principles that we're sharing with you in the podcasts.